All right, everyone, welcome to the 105th episode of Downtime Podcast. You're here with Lisa and Jeremy. It is probably 90 degrees right now. It is hot. We are in the middle of E3. All the press conferences finished, but you know what, Jeremy? We're still here. We're still thriving. The Warriors somehow won yesterday, and we're still alive. We still have our health, and that's all that really matters. It's true. There's, it's like a weird trifecta of things that are happening. The first is the heat, which... For San Francisco was so weird, and it started this past weekend. I actually went to the beach this weekend, and that is really unheard of at San Francisco. There were so many people at the beach, and that's okay, because we only get this once a year, and that's God. awesome. Fuck it. Fuck it. Go to the beach. Yeah. Co- Northern California is known for having cold beaches because they are cold beaches because it never really gets that warm, but this is one of those weekends, so you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, it's it's weird because this is like LA weather, and we're we're getting it. And the people on the East Coast are experiencing their like hot, humid summers. They're like, "Yeah, suck it up, California," and we're like, "Yo, like this is way too crazy." Like my 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 boss said that he is his backyard was 105 degrees, and he lives like in Oakland, I think. And I'm like, Oof. "Yo, that's that's too much." Like, wow. Oof. Um, so, I mean, I wonder how many iced coffees people bought this past weekend or just cold drinks in general. I wonder what those numbers are. I got a Frappuccino today because I can. Because, yeah, I mean, any other day of the week, you're just like, oh, it's cold outside. Maybe do I want this? Maybe a hot coffee sounds a lot better. And then you're like, oh, you know what? Let's enjoy this. And you just get a cold drink because you can. Not today, Satan. (laughs) It's so, it's so hot. I'm like dressed for summer right now i'm i'm pretty much dressed for the beach right now and it's insane yes but at the same time i am complaining but i am enjoying this i'm loving this i i think we talked about this before on the podcast elisa maybe on like on side quest or something but we're both tropical people and we both prefer warm weather and this is kind of like heaven to me in a way although i did have trouble sleeping last night but not too badly i mean today was really nice in the daytime and i really like it when it's warm at night because I don't know. There's just something about it that just feels like summer to me. Like it really does feel like summer. Yeah, I, I, I'm one of those people who do who do like hot weather. I prefer hot weather with a tinge of humidity, just because I kind of like that moistness versus dry hot. Dry hot, I don't do as well as I used to. Yeah, no, I, I totally feel that. Last year when I went to Beijing, it was, it was pretty hot. And it was dry heat because Beijing's inland and uh, it's landlocked. So there was a lot of dryness in the air and no humidity at all. And I, it was bad. It was really bad. This is like the kind of weather where I would grab a beer and go outside and just chill. Mm. It's so good. If only we didn't have work. I know. <laughs> I know, right? Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. But other than the heat, the Warriors won yesterday. By one point, that was so clutch, so good. I was following that game. I was live texting you, kind of, because, but I, not not really, because I was focused. I was following the game on at work because I was commuting during my um, during that whole game, and it was stressful as fuck because we had two people, Kevon Looney and Kevin Durant, and they were already injured, and then they played injured and re-injured themselves, and I'm like. What does everyone expect to happen? It's all because of the haters drinking that haterade. Haterade. <laughs> drinking the haterade 
and being like, these warriors don't care for their team because they're not playing. And I'm like, bitch, half of our team's injured right now. I don't know what you were expecting. (laughs) And then all this dumb media getting to them and they're like, you know what? I'm playing for my fans and I'm playing for the team and I'm playing for myself. And I'm like, stop it! Stop it! Before! And then it's too late. It's too late. And then here we have, here we are. Both of them re-injured themselves. You know, there were some people that were cheering when Katie got injured and that's messed up, yo. That is messed up. Yeah. I mean, like, come on, y'all. If you ruptured your Achilles heel, uh, you wouldn't want anyone cheering for you. So Yeah, don't you all... know what that feels like? Holy crap, that must hurt like a thousand needles like jamming into your leg or something. Also, I don't know what it is, but Canada has a reputation of being nice. And I think that the reason it has that reputation is because um their pol at, at least compared to a lot of states or sorry, countries, uh Canadian politics tend to be pretty democratic. Uh, Sorry, I say the word democratic, but I don't mean it in a way like everyone can vote. I mean it in a sense that in the U.S., being a Democrat means you're liberal. So, right, right. So, so everyone always associates being nice with Canada because um, their current—I don't know who—I don't know who makes decisions in Canada. The Prime Minister, maybe, but whoever it is, no, that doesn't sound right. But whoever is their parliament leader i don't even know if they have a parliament oh my god we need to probably (laughs) cut this out i don't want to offend anyone i you know i'm just trying to live my life right now and i don't want any haters calling me out on Canadian geography hey tim hortons hey (laughs) that's gonna cut in there with tim hortons yeah i've never been never to canada always wanted to go but uh tim hortons is good and uh drake something about drake drake justin bieber keanu reeves speaking of keanu Keanu reeves E3 2019. Uh, as we mentioned before, this is the Ten Time Podcast E3 2019 Reader's Digest version, I guess you would call it. Yeah, so uh, um, pretty much we're just going to kind of go through each conference and we're going to talk about things that um, like appealed to us, what didn't appeal to us, because if we listed everything out, God, no one wants to listen to that podcast. You want to hear what our opinions are of what actually happened, so... Yeah, uh, I made a little list of things, and maybe not everything there that we both want to talk about, but I'm sure I missed some things, Elisa. So if there's, something I don't know, that... man. I, I, I okay. Um, <laughs> so for me, I have a document, and I only summarized things that I actually wanted to talk about of uh-huh. each conference. But okay. something might come up if you know. We'll see where the wind goes. Uh, I was thinking we could do this by day of the conference. So yeah, we start I, that's with EA Play. I, that's exactly what I was thinking too. Perfect. Okay. Uh, EA Play. So as you all know, EA Play is where EA shows off their games and upcoming stuff. Uh, they don't really have hardware. They don't have any hardware. They're they're just a developer and a publisher. So yeah, a lot of these people that that present are a little bit of mix of both, but also just developers slash publishers. Um. So EA Play, 
uh, revealed Battlefield Five. They announced some new maps, and they teased the Pacific Theater at the end with a brief shot in-game cinematic sequence of Iwo Jima. And the reason why I mention this is because I, you guys probably know me as someone that plays quite a bit of shooters, and I do. And a lot of my, I guess, shooting background not only comes from like Quake and Wolfenstein, the originals, but also Battlefield 1942, which is the first game in the series. I have a really soft spot for that game. And I've played Battlefield 2. I've played, um, oh, what else? Battlefields did I play. I didn't play 2142. That's the one with like giant spaceships and you have to like destroy them uh, by like flying onto them or something. That one looked awesome. Um, I played Battlefield Vietnam. And a couple others that are slipping my mind. But anyways, Battlefield 5 is a game that I've always been interested in. And we kind of talked about this before the reveal last year. Um, I I really like the history and background of how World War II started. Like everything during World War II um, and everything after World War II. I thought, I th- in my personal opinion, I think World War II is such a fascinating um, and interesting war to study. But of course you're going to have your fair share of video games that are based around it. And I'm a huge fan of both the history of world war two, but also the games that come out of the history of world war two. So yeah. And then battlefield five, we got this covering the Pacific theater and everything, which is pretty prominent part of right. world war two. I wonder, I, so I didn't actually watch the trailer for this, but does it also, does it go Island hopping? I'm assuming like it's going to employ that feature. So I don't think so. I mean, maybe not now, but they kind of hinted at Wake Island and um, there's another map, Midway, because those were two maps from Battlefield 1942. I see. Battlefield 1942 had both the Pacific campaign and the uh, European theater. Um, I'm a huge, I'm more of a fan of the Pacific campaign. Uh, Just, I don't know. I just like the the whole story behind it and how that's the reason why America got into the war. Um, I... I once Battlefield Five specific campaign does drop, I actually will pick up Battlefield Five for sure. And although although I'm not a huge fan of EA as a developer and a publisher, um, I just for the love of Battlefield, I just got to play it. And it's again, it's d- during I guess you'd call it my favorite war, and um, during and it's a franchise that I really like overall. And I haven't played Battlefield One. I've played Battlefield Three. Um, and I, oh, I, you know what? I actually own Battlefield one, but I haven't played it. I don't know why. Maybe because uh, I had uh, a <laughs> battle battlefront one installed already at the time. I see. Um, so yeah, Battlefield five is something that I'm really looking forward to at the end of this year because of the Pacific campaign that's coming out. Yeah. Is there, is there anything on your end that you want to talk about? So, um, uh, so, EA play. So the one first where I want to talk about what I'm surprised they didn't talk about, and I'm surprised they didn't talk about Anthem, which makes me believe they're throwing out Anthem and running, right? Uh, you know... Like, it's the end? and That's the end for Anthem? Is, is, this, so much... is this a hot take? But... This is... Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, negative publicity surrounding Anthem, and it does seem like the game is on its way out, but, you know, time will tell. I think... I think EA is still holding on to it, and who is the developer? It's uh, Bioware. Bioware, yeah, yeah. Bioware is the developer, and this was it's this was the game that's going to either make or break them. And if it's their swan song, that's kind of sad. It's not. It's kind of a sad game to go out on, but I I kind of understand why because you know at the end of the day, as we always talk about, games are business, 
And if the game isn't bringing in business, what's the point in keeping it going? But there's so many people who still bought Anthem, some few that enjoy it, and some few that are just kind of brushing it off, like myself. Um, but I think that there's still a chance in the future, and they're really hoping, I think, EA's side is hoping that this is going to become like a No Man's Sky situation, where a couple of years later, they'll make it the way that people really want it to be, or at least wanted it to be at the time, and they'll release it as such. So we'll see. Anything's possible. But... Um, I mean, I don't know. I really don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised we didn't get a DLC or, you know, like some some sort of random map. I actually I, I, I don't know if they even use maps in Anthem because I don't have that game. But I'm just surprised we didn't get an update. But I mean, anything can happen. They might update this month as well. Uh I that was just very glaringly interesting or that was a very glaring uh thing taken off the list. Of because EA listed what games they were going to talk about already, right? Yeah, so that that was which is a that was interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a bold move. Yeah, very bold move. And um, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is I wanted to talk about Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order because I I actually really enjoyed the trailer a lot <laughs> for that. And yeah, 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 yeah. I saw the trailer for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. The game comes out on November 15th, 2019. Um, Cal Kestis is the last Jedi, as far as I'm concerned. And I really enjoyed the trailer. I thought the trailer was a lot of fun. I've never played any of the original uh, Star Wars games when it was LucasArts. So this is kind of my first exposure to looking at a game that's single player. And it looks fun to me. Um, Like, you know, when... Cal is getting on the AT-AT and then it has its little droid because every single character in Star Wars universe, every Jedi has to have a damn droid with them at all times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I just thought that the action with the lightsaber looked really cool. Like, you know, you can boomerang it. You could deflect bullets like a baton. Like, you know, like a lot of the movement looked really cool. It seems like the, like, boomeranging weapons is a trend right now (laughs) yeah i mean well it's always been kind of in the in other star wars games where you could throw your lightsaber is that what you're referring to yes yes yeah i I feel like that's just a trait of the star wars games okay play as a jedi yeah i mean so that's that was pretty normal to me but i do understand where it's just it's a common thing for video games to have a weapon that you just throw when it comes back to you yes because for whatever reason yeah but yeah no i mean for fun reasons, visual- for very fun reasons. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But aesthetically and visually, I thought it looked really cool when you did that. Yes. So speaking as someone who has never played a Star Wars game yet, this game looks really awesome to me. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, because for me, as someone that's played games that are similar to this, such as Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, and Jedi Academy... Uh, where you play as a Jedi and you run around and it, you kind of have similar moves, but it's not so, it's not as um, open world. I put this, no, no. Well, I guess so, open world, but also it. Was, I felt like the older games are a little bit clunkier. This one looks a lot smoother. Oh, definitely with the times and control wise, yeah. And just like over time, I guess people just got better at making Star Wars games. Um, and to boot, this was created by Respawn Entertainment, the people that made Apex Legends and yes. the first two Titanfall games. So that's pretty cool. I 
when I saw this, I was like super ecstatic because one, there's no there's no uh, microtransactions and there's no multiplayer. And I thought the second one was really interesting because you really you definitely can't have multiplayer after seeing the trailer and the and the gameplay shown for this because it it just it you know it's about time that EA made a single player only experience that doesn't require all those little things. I agree. And I think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this is really cool. I think this is going to... I'm looking forward to it. Looks like it's a kind of like gearing up, shaping up to be like a typical 25, 30-hour narrative. And I think it's going to be a good time. Yeah. I feel like uh, this is the last game that, that EA can... That EA has to make. And if they fail on it, then they'll lose the Star Wars license. That's that's what a lot of rumors are saying, mm-hmm. but but uh, I mean I think it'll it'll help them keep the license. But what happens after this, I have no idea. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but I I think this is the best Star Wars game to come out in a while. Yes. Actually, I I booted up Battlefront Two recently, the new one. Yes. I guess the the semi new one. Yeah, the one that came and... out like in seventeen. Yeah, when you know we're starting all the drama, my I think I mentioned it before, but my brother and I bought it like a couple months ago because it was five bucks on Origin. Now I don't really like Origin that much, but they do have good deals sometimes. Um, and I I started playing multiplayer, and I was like, wow, this is actually not bad. It kind of reminds me of the older Star Wars games, mm. but still, it was okay. I mean, I don't know if I'm gonna go back and play it. But uh, it was fun. Yeah, it was. It's good to try with friends, I suppose, or you know, with your whatever um, group you get paired up with. Oh yeah, totally. And that's the last thing uh, I wanted to talk about in the EA conference. Me too. I didn't really care about anything else. Yes. All right. So moving on to Xbox. All right. Well, Microsoft came out with a bang, to say the least. Yeah, they talked about Project Scarlet, their next-gen system, but they didn't show anything. Yeah. They just showed people talking about it, and I was like, okay, well, they show the name, they show people talking about it, where's the console? What the heck? All And then Holiday 2020. Yeah, well, I mean, Scarlet's just the working title name, whatever the next Xbox, the next box is, whatever it's going to be called, we'll see. I do enjoy the next box, just because you said it, and it sounds punny, so... I mean, every ne- every Xbox is the next box, but but you have to given that but you have to say which this console is the next box, and then it truly is the next. That's box. true, because they called this past one or this current one the Xbox One, even though there already is an Xbox One, I and know. people got confused. And so, yeah, I mean, granted, Microsoft can call it whatever the hell they want, and people will still buy it because of Halo Infinite, which was shown alongside the Project Scarlet thing, and it looks beautiful. Some people are like, no, that that cut, that cut was a cut scene. Like, actually, it was in-game footage. That was yeah. what the engine's going to look like. I know. And that was dope. That was so fucking cool. Yeah. I thought, that got me hyped for Halo. I'm not going to buy a Scarlet because I'm I'm thinking it's going to come out on Steam for, you know, for whenever that game I, Even I got to admit, uh, it looked really nice. <laughs> No, yeah, like I, that, it, was, that was so beautiful. Yeah. Gotta love that ray tracing, which everyone seems to be having now. I don't. <laughs> which okay. I discovered just, when PlayStation announced it. So ugh, that's that's gonna be a separate conversation for another day. <laughs> but ah, uh, fucking ray tracing, man! Yeah, like, I know. no, stop it! <laughs> Let me just play the game. <laughs> but ray uh, tracing. But, no, but what about ray no. tracing? 
last year it was 4K, 4K, 4K. Now it's ray tracing, ray tracing, ray tracing. And don't People forget 8K. Like, so. Eight, oh, God, yeah, 8K. Um, yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to add on to Pro- uh, Project Scarlet is they also um, talked about Game Pass and Project X Cloud. And I was just really intrigued by uh, Phil Spencer and his interviews talking about the future of the Xbox consoles. And where it seemed like before the mission statement for a lot of Microsoft definitely was geared more towards kind of a multiplayer end. Uh, or at least like they were they were targeting a specific audience. Now, right. Phil, and at least with what Phil Spencer is saying, Microsoft has widened and broadened their goals and their targets and audience, and they're they're trying to reach out to everyone now. Like one of the things that um caught my attention was he he said in an interview with, with I think Kotaku, or but I forgot who it was, but uh, two billion people play games, but how do we get that to four billion? And that there's stories for everyone, and that um. I th- I found that to be extremely respectable that now it seems like Microsoft's on a mission to get both multiplayer and single player games out as well as reach a plat uh, reach a uh, audience who is going to play both console and both streaming platform. So, um he he was saying how like with Project X Cloud, it's like an Xbox motherboard in like the Azure like d- uh, data center also in the interview he said that. And just kind of like it seems like now with this, Xbox is not just going to streaming and going cold turkey with everything else. They're pretty much expanding all of their products now. Right. And I'm happy that they're putting stuff on PC. Yes, exactly. Like they're they're doing everything now. They're, it's Now it's not just a question of, oh, like let's switch to streaming only it, it, it's like they're they made the point that they're gonna do everything and i think that is very admirable yeah i i agree i feel like this is i feel like this is a good step for microsoft yes and a good way especially with the halo master chief collection coming out on pc i think it's a really good way and a good gesture for them to be back in the good graces of gamers again because now it means that there could be more titles coming to Steam from Microsoft, such as Sea of Thieves. I've actually been really looking forward to playing Sea of Thieves, but I don't want to buy it on the Microsoft Store. I want to play it on Steam, because it go it goes back to the conversation about do you want to play it on Steam Origin, good good old games, yeah. Epic Game Store. Like, where do you want to play your thing? But like, I get I love that there's a lot of competition and there's like a war going on between all these different publishers for their you know their PC gaming hub, but I. I just want everything where I started and I think it's I think it's great that Microsoft is going in this direction and I want to see more of their titles on Steam. Yes, I'm I'm very excited. Like I um I'm like I think it's going to be great seeing what Microsoft does in 2020 and Absolutely. the future. Yes. Uh, going back, going back to Halo Infinite real quick. Uh, so this game actually takes place right after the end of Halo Five Guardians. I re- uh, yeah, I um, read that. Right, and uh, it continues, um, Master Chief's story in a way. He's looking for Cortana. So this game will serve as a soft reboot of the franchise. It'll appeal to those who are casual and new, but also for those who uh have been following the story for a while. So. I forget who, but one of the one of the three four three guys was saying that this game will connect the threads. I think of previous games to this one, and I think it's a good move because you're already opening up the Master Chief Collection to everyone on PC, 
And so now you're even creating the soft reboot. So I, I say it's it's a great time to reboot Halo. Absolutely. No, I, I, I totally agree, too. Um, so you can get all the longtime fans and also the new fans. Um, so I'm really looking forward to where the chief story is going to go from here. I... I have I mentioned this before, but I've played every single Halo game without owning an Xbox, and I think that's kind of cool. <laughs> but this time, I can actually own all the games. Yeah, and be be proud of it. Yes, you know? definitely. So, uh, looking forward to Halo Infinite. The developer said that the engine that they're using is what's going to shape the future of Halo and future Halo games, as this engine is meant to be built on and oh wow used in. And yeah, built on and used in future installments. And actually, little known, maybe, well, widely known fact, Halo Infinite is going to be an open world game. Oh my God, and, that is legit. Yeah, yeah. instead of a linear adventure as, as you know, people usually know Master Chief as. So I am excited because I love open world games. And one set in the Halo universe where you play as the titular character is just icing on the cake. Who says that reboots are stale? I say that a lot, but this is not stale. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and even the teaser trailer shown for it was awesome because when it started, you kind of don't know what it was for. It was just like some dude sitting in a ship by himself. It could be anything for Microsoft, you know? There could be a new IP. And then he starts saying, like, this is UNSC something something. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is Halo. And then Master Chief is shown, and then this whole thing happens, and they play some of the music. That got me goosebumps, and I'm like, yo, this is going to be crazy. So... We'll see what happens. I, I'm super excited for Halo Infinite, and I do hope that it gets released on PC. Mm-hmm. After Halo, they uh, what was it? Gears of War Five. I actually haven't played Gears of War. Me neither. I uh, they already announced that it was actually. I feel like it should be out right now. <laughs> Gears of War Five, or or if not out right now, it's going to be out in this month. They announced it before right. E3, so I guess they're just building upon it, which is good. Yeah. That's awesome. Also, wait, one more thing I want to talk about Halo Infinite. Uh, Halo Infinite is going to be on Xbox One and uh, Project Scarlet. So two systems. Very nice. Very nice. On, on launch, so, actually? I believe it's a launch title for Scarlet. Hey, go hard or go home. I feel like Xbox should make it a launch title. Why not? And Why not? I, I mean, I, th I think the first Halo was a launch title for the Xbox. I, I don't remember, but I believe it. Yeah. I, mean, it just, I guess it's just in line with tradition or something. Yeah, as is tradition. Uh, so Cyberpunk 2077 was shown at the Microsoft <laughs> press conference as well. And that game was, oh my God, I want to play that game so badly. So it looks so cool. I, I haven't played the Witcher, but CD Projekt Red is already in my good graces. I already wanted to play the game last year when they featured Cyber, Cyberpunk 2077. I thought it, same, same. I thought it looked great, but this one got me even more hyped. So it has V, which I think is the main character of the game. And in the main trailer, I'm talking about the trailer right now. And it, he's just, it's just a money deal gone wrong or like a money mission gone wrong. And then uh, what exactly is going on? Did he kind of take the mind of the, of his friend who died or like, you know, his, uh, of the, I think like, yeah, what exactly was that like thing that he did? So the the whole world of Cyberpunk 2077, the city is like, people are like obsessed with enhancements. And I think whatever that the friend had that died in the car that he was holding, 
that must have been an enhancement of something that's mm. really important to the story. Yeah. Or maybe it, it, they were just showing a side mission with the cinematic trailer. Very well could have been um, a side mission as well. Yeah, so that could have been anything. There wasn't any context on what it was, just that it was important. Yeah. But that was a really cool looking trailer. And our boy. So you, you get so during the trailer you get shot in the head. I, it looks like you get shot in the head. And then your systems reboot because I guess you're mostly a computer. And then some dude is like kicking you or something. And he's like, wake up, samurai. And you look up and it's Keanu fucking Reeves with a robot arm. We got a city to burn. I was like, yo, is he in for the whole game? Because I want him to be there for the whole game. So uh, his character's name is Johnny Silverhand, I think. Which is pretty on the nose. Yes. (laughs) Although, let me confirm if that's actually true. Yes, it is. It is. It is. It's Johnny Silverhand. That's hilarious and pretty cool. And then, as that trailer ends, you got the Cyberpunk 2077 stage, and then in the smoke clouds, you see a silhouette, a silhouette of a man with long hair, tall and stark, like Mm. he had a mission in mind. And then you Mm. hear the announcers and the narrator, and he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Keanu Reeves. (laughs) Everyone just starts going ham. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> it was so awesome because he's fresh from you know the John Wick three premiere, so he's a pretty hot commodity right yeah, now. And, and the fact that and he's fresh he took from his time out of his he's also fresh from Always Be My Maybe. Yeah, that's true, and and he took the time out of his busy schedule to come to E three, which is kind of pretty cool. And I didn't know that he had an interest in video games, and by that I mean I don't I don't know if he plays them, but just being in them because the fact that he he shared his likeness yeah with that's the awesome. studio with the. <laughs> With the likeness and voice with this studio from Poland means that he went to Poland a couple times to do the mocap and voice for it. So that's dedication right there. Yeah, and especially since Cyberpunk's been in production for five uh sorry, not five years, um, like for six years, seven years, seven years. He could have done this at any point, to be honest. <laughs> he could have done it during the first John Wick. I know, which is pretty awesome. So and then yeah. it's, it's it's great because he starts off with I gotta talk to you about something. <laughs> so I like the way he said it. He he said it sounded like he was talking to his kid. <laughs> Cyberpunk. <laughs> He's like cyber. Wait 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 wait. Cyber. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is a game, and I'm like, oh my god, this this is so awesome. <laughs> I know. And, and then, then during yeah yeah go on. No, I want go you to for say it, go for it. it. Okay okay. So during his speech. He was like, this game is breathtaking. And then someone in the audience goes, you're breathtaking. And he goes, you're breathtaking. And you're breathtaking. You're all breathtaking. And that was such a cool moment. Um, God, I love that man. (laughs) So the guy that said that, his name is Peter Sark. And he's a prominent YouTuber. And he actually got a free game from CD Projekt Red. Game, sorry. So he he got 27.7 already? No, 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 no. He, He... he didn't get it just yet. He got a free copy of it, but like whenever it comes oh, out. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So CD Projekt Red, uh, well, he, he first of all, he recorded himself doing it on Twitter. So there's video evidence of him saying it and him doing it. Uh, so Pre- CD Projekt Red replied to that tweet and they're like, yo, uh, you're breathtaking. We're going to give you a copy of the game. DM a, or we already DM'd you. So I was like, damn, that's so cool. But I don't really know this guy that well. I, I only know him because of this whole event that just happened. But that's pretty cool. I mean, that's that's pretty cool publicity on CD Projekt Red's part. No, good for man. What a! I'm gonna pre-order the game now. 
That's I'm, for sure. I'm. Go- I was yeah. already gonna pre-order the game. Let's be real. <laughs> I was. I, I like. I've wanted to play this since last year. But yeah, Keanu Reeves is one of the main characters of. How could you? How could you not play this game now? Johnny Silverhand. He. I bet you he's gonna be such a badass in the game. Oh. Oh, I hope so. I'm. I'm gonna call it now. There's probably gonna be a moment where it looks like Johnny Silverhand dies, but he actually comes back later. Yes. I'm gonna call it because I feel like that's. That's just the nature of, of his character because, you know, he, John Wick has almost died so many times in all three movies and they just have to pay tribute to that somehow with his character. So I think it'll be cool to, to see animated cyborg Keanu just get in the action. Um, so a couple other games that were announced at the Microsoft Xbox thing were not really announced, but like updated on, I guess, announced as well. There was an outer, there's this game called The Outer Worlds. It's a first oh, yeah. person RPG sci-fi like retro sci-fi Fallout style game. Uh, I really don't know much about it other than like it looks like the Jetsons had a gritty video game, and they now live in a post-apocalyptic space world. It looks really, it looks really groovy though. Like it looks like a lot of fun. I yeah, look at, I look at this game and it kind of looks like what's the company that's in San Francisco. Um, the one that does, uh, oh God, this looks like a double fine game to me for some reason. <laughs> I was like, wait, are you talking about double fine? Or are you talking about yeah, Campo Santo? I don't, I don't know what it is about it, but uh, like, yeah. it just looks like that style. But yeah, I definitely saw that Mo- Mobius digital. Is yeah. The name of the developer. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's, that's going to be awesome. Yes. There was um, a game that a trailer that I that I found out about the first time that I really really liked it. Twelve minutes from Annapurna Interactive. Uh, Twelve minutes is a trailer uh, in the trailer. It's about a kind of I, I want to say like the husband and uh, husband and wife, and so they interact with each other and they're about to eat, and then the cops they come to their door. And by the way, it's an aerial view, Jeremy. So it's an aerial view, mm-hmm. uh, stylistically. And the cops are coming, and then basically, you find out that the wife is accused of murder, and the cops are like knocking on the door, and then they eventually get in. And what happens is they come in and they kill the husband. And then the next part of the trailer is it loops back to the beginning of that scene where him and his wife meet up in the living room for dinner in the same aerial view. So oh, wow. 12 minutes are the 12 minutes that this game is looping. Wow. Yeah. And so I'm assuming the game is basically figure out the puzzle to escape the room and break the loop. And this looks very cool. Like, I, I'm really excited. to play. I want to play this, definitely. Okay. Yeah. I want to know more. Yeah. I really enjoyed the trailer. That was very creative. I will have to look up more about this because yeah, the trailers I, I, yeah, the trailer is a, is a good one. It's a hook. Okay, I'll check it out. Yes. Um. So a couple other games that they talked about were a Blair Witch Project game was re- announced with first person horror game, a la Resident yeah. Evil Seven, which looked interesting, but I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, I'm probably not gonna play that, but it does look interesting. I agree. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing else to say about it. <laughs> uh, and the other game they announced was Final Fantasy Star Online 2 is coming to the Xbox. That's free to play. This game yeah. was originally Japan only, and now it's going to come to the West. Yeah. Which is cool. I saw that as well. Yeah. And the last thing that I want to talk about under Microsoft's umbrella at their conference is Double Fine was acquired by Microsoft. Yes. Um... That is not too. That's definitely not a shocking move because I do feel like they had a partnership and like from the beginning, and to some degree, right? Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm I'm glad that hopefully um, Double Fine will get more backing and create more games. Yeah, I hope so too. And it's kind of cool that um, you went to Double Fine and you talked to a producer there. I think that's still an awesome little little thing that we did. Yeah, definitely, definitely. This is of course pre pre buyout but still like I think it's I, th- I think it's really cool that Double Fine's going con- in kind of a good direction because yes there was a there's a hot minute where I was like are they doing okay and they didn't really have anything coming out for it so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I'm really happy to hear that De- definitely definitely I think like when they didn't have anything happening it was more like they were creating something still so especially since you're an indie studio and you don't have that many people it's like when you're working on a game like you're only working on one game at a time it's true yeah yeah remember that story i told you where i went to the dmv and i saw tim schaefer getting his license renewed yes you did that's so funny it's so weird (laughs) i I, like i I don't know why i knew it was him but it just because i could have looked like anybody like there are some people that look really similar to each other in san francisco that i've seen and this dude, he looked exactly like Tim Schafer. So it should it could have been him because I know, right? I don't know. I really don't know else to how else to explain it. Does Tim Schafer ride a motorcycle? Because this <laughs> dude had on a leather jacket, jeans, and he had a motorcycle helmet. And I was like, does Tim Schafer ride a motorcycle or a scooter? I have no idea. But it was yeah. funny. That was a really cool moment. That would have been weird if I was like, oh, "Excuse me, uh, Mr. Schaefer, are you Mr. Schaefer? Can I can I get your autograph?" And he'll be like, "I'm at the DMV." <laughs> Leave me alone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Uh, okay, so that concludes the Microsoft Xbox conference, or at least things that we wanted to talk about. Yes. Uh, so moving on to Bethesda, they had a couple things. So yeah. you have, I don't have much to say about the Bethesda one. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I'll just lead all three of these things, out, these points, technically four. For uh, sure. The, the first one is that uh, they didn't talk about Starlink or Elder Scrolls Six, and they kind of mentioned that before E three happened because they're still working on it. And yeah, if, if they have nothing to show for it, then why would they show anything at all? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is fair. Yeah. Um. So they did talk about Fallout seventy six, and unfortunately, they had a really bad um launch with this game, and they're trying to redeem it. And I think they're mm-hmm. making the right moves because over time. There have been some things they did that a lot of players didn't like, such as like players being able to duplicate items, then banning those players, yes. and and then players finding the secret room where you can like unlock these cheat codes and do all the stuff. And so, yeah, um, I think whatever they're moving forward with is going to be good. Like so, with the battle royale and like the they're adding, they're just adding a lot of stuff. They're yeah. like expanding the world basically. So exactly. So back to your point about the battle royale thing, they're adding a uh, uh, an update called Nuclear Winter, and it's a fifty two player battle royale where everyone starts out in a vault, similar to you know how people start in um, uh, in the other battle royale games, jumping out of an airplane or a bus or what have you. Uh, so in Nuclear winter, there's like a atom bomb that goes off and there's this nuclear fire that's surrounding you and eventually you have to go kill the last person that's there. I think it's really cool and I think this is about time that they did this. It, I mean, 
I'm not against the concept of the battle royale at this point. I'm more like, when is the game gonna do that? Because yeah. it's inevitable, and that's just for sure. It's just the it's just the fashion at the time, you know. It's yeah. of this time. I mean, yeah. So, uh, it's probably never gonna go away for a while. And yeah, the other, for sure, for sure. The other thing that they're adding to Fallout seventy six is the Wastelanders um, expansion, which is. Mm. Uh, an update where they add NPCs, and this is something that a lot of players have been clamoring for for the game since the launch of it, which is they want yeah. NPCs and quests and all these things because that's originally what people thought this was going to be. They thought this was going to be a Fallout game that you just play online with your friends and encounter other people in, along with the NPCs. But unfortunately, it didn't come out to that, and I guess it's because Bethesda was using an engine that they always made single-player games with, but then making it into a multiplayer MMO online like ordeal and they just didn't have any experience doing that which is fine but i wish they kind of communicated that beforehand there was just a lot of miscommunication on bethesda's part i digress anyways both of these updates are coming free to players that already own it and if you buy the game you will also own those as well so i mean i myself am personally waiting for these games to come out on steam because they were already announced on steam and now just patiently waiting for them and i think Uh, the biggest thing is that i think starting now for a week, you could get Fallout 76 for free. Oh, right. But you could get it only on the on the uh, Bethesda launcher. I Yeah, I see. And I'm not about that right now. Again, the whole conversation of I want everything in one place. A lot of people do, and that's totally fine. Everyone, yeah. can, everyone can be opinionated in the gaming world, and no one is wrong. For sure. Uh, up next, we from Bethesda, we have... Doom Eternal that has a release date of November 22nd, 2019. And there was a story trailer that continues on from the first game where um, kind of spoileries, but the big baddie at the end, he pushes you into a portal and you get teleported to who knows where. But I guess this upcoming trailer shows where you're teleported to. It looks like another realm of hell. You're still in hell. Uh, and you play as the titular Doom guy, and you run around and you kill a bunch of things. This game looks really brutal as the first one did, a little bit more brutal than the first one. So I think this is going to be a fun, um, a fun addition to the Doom franchise. Uh, I talked about this briefly in the past, but the recent Doom games with the start of the 2016 one, they are actually continuations of the lore from previous Doom games. Throughout the story of the 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 game it's heavily implied that this character that you're playing this doom guy is uh a uh an incarnation or rather like he is the same uh the same character that's been played throughout all the doom games i didn't previously. even know that i didn't yeah. even know they had that sort of lore to it yeah, right? I thought that was so deep and pretty cool because there's little text files you can find, but then also throughout the story, some of the enemy characters will talk to you and say, like, you know, you've, you're you're a legend, you've ravaged us for years, but the Doom guy cousin doesn't really remember it, and the Doom yeah. guy doesn't speak any lines throughout the game, but he emotes things through his actions, which I think is pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, it's implied that this Doom guy character... The, the current generation one is the same one that's been played throughout all the previous Doom games. And I think that's a little, really nice way to, you know, tie tie in all the lore together and also um, introduce old, introduce new fans and reconnect old fans. So since I completed the, the first game, I'm definitely looking forward to this game. 
um, that goes with that question. I just want more of the same. And I'm sure a lot of people do as well. For sure. Uh, last thing I want to talk about is from Bethesda is Elder Scrolls Blades, which is an, a free game, free mobile game, uh, kind of like a dungeon crawler, first person action RPG game. I and think it, it's been be- in beta for the past month or so, like past month and a half, two months. Right, right. And it's uh, it's coming to Switch. And oh, okay. They they made fun of the name of it, and they call it Switchblade. <laughs> ah. Which I thought was really cute and clever. I yes. might download it and check it out whenever it comes out. I think it's pretty sure it's soon. a free game, so why not? Yeah, you know, my, my Switch has some room. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that that's... Uh, is that's coming out and uh I, I i would say i'm looking forward to it i'm more like i'm interested in it uh yeah that's all i could say oh Very it's cool the mobile version is actually already out i'm looking at the oh okay page. i thought it was yeah. in beta okay so oh I no 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 worries um the the game is actually you can you can use your save file from the mobile version on the switch version oh that's pretty nice yeah at least it's transferable. I like that because I feel like a lot of people that play Elder Scrolls games on PC at least also have switches for they have some reason. Long, they have a long save point normally too. You might as well use the same story. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh Wolfenstein Youngblood, which is a co op a, a co op shooter continuation of the Wolfenstein story, but it's not how do I put this? It's not Wolfenstein The New Order 3. It's Wolfenstein set in 1984. So you, you're, you're BJ Blazkowicz. BJ is the main character of the Wolfenstein games. You play as the daughters or one of the daughters who are just playing single player. And you have to go find your father. So this takes place, I believe, after the third game. Whenever the third game is coming out. So that's kind of cool. And that comes out on July 26th? Yeah, July 26th. I've never played a Watch Dogs before. I know that you've played Watch Dogs before. Um, I actually haven't. Wait, what's I, the game that you played? Sleeping Dogs. Yeah, oh, I played God. Okay, it's sorry. Okay. You know what? They got <laughs> dogs. We all know. Whatever. Uh, but anyway, I'm actually I'm actually interested in the second game because it's set in the Bay Area, and I want to play that version. And right now, it's on Amazon for twenty bucks, but I can wait. Well, if you play that, then you'll. Be ready for Watch Dogs Legions, which which takes place in London. And I don't know if this video game is accurate to London, but goddamn, it made me want to play in London after watching that trailer. That was pretty fun. That was a pretty beautiful trailer. I really like the environment. Yeah. I, man, there's a lot of things I want to say about this. It's... First of all, a lot of fans were disappointed by the first Watch Dogs because there was the whole graphics thing where like, oh, wow, it looks so beautiful. And then when the game came out, it kind of underperformed. And people were like, wow, wow, this game looks like shit. And the main character, he was like really lackluster and kind of normal. And he had a terrible voice actor. Uh, when the second one came out, people were like kind of, you know, kind of happy about it. But 
at the same time, it was still a little bit lackluster for whatever reason. I have yet to play it and find out. And now, when this third one was revealed, it seems like everyone was really happy about it. And I have to agree with them. There, You can play as multiple different characters. You you kind of, like, recruit other people to be part of your gang, and you end up playing as, as those characters. And it's set in London, and there's nothing more, you know, pleasing than that. I think that's pretty cool. I think it looks great like uh like i said i don't know if it's an accurate depiction of london but it looks good um i've never played watchdogs before so this whole thing where you can kind of just switch out characters whenever one of them dies is new to me um i thought it was pretty funny how like you can play as an old lady i even wrote down her name helen dashwood Mm -hmm. the old lady with the spider robot who fucks shit up that was a pretty epic part of the trailer in my opinion oh right yeah 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 yeah, so that one comes out on March 6, 2020. I'm pretty I I'm I'm optimistic about this. I think it'll I think it'll play well. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. I I think so too. I think yeah. this is going to be really cool. And I I hope this is a really good direction for the Watchdog series because they really need it at this point. Mhm. Um yeah, I I'm just I'm so surprised that that um what's it called that uh ubisoft ubisoft is still going through with this but uh i mean did something happen in the watchdog series that it would well, not go through this i mean just like every other game before it kind of was lackluster and this is, seems like and they just still keep going on with the games which is fine like i'm not saying that they're bad games i'm just saying a lot of people are just like kind of disappointed by the last couple games, but I see. I'm not speaking for everyone. I I am not everyone. I this is just how I feel, and this mm-hmm. is just all the news that I've been soaking in and reading up on. So I don't know. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but anyways, yeah, this one looks really cool. This is actually the first one that I am actually super interested in, and I actually just want to play. And I really don't say that about Ubisoft games in general. So it's really cool. I mean, the the previous one, yes, it was set in San Francisco, but my logic at the time was, why would I play that game when I could just walk down the street and live it? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but, you know, to each their own. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about at Ubisoft was uh, Rob McElhenney, or I thought his name was Rob McElhenney, but uh, he pronounced it McElhenney. He is the creator of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is a comedy series on FX. I, I watched a couple seasons, and I thought it was okay. Um there were some episodes that were funny and some that were not so funny. And that I do... shit, if if you, it's most famous for the meme of the guy in front of the bill, uh, not billboard, in front of a whiteboard, and it's uh it's like a detective crime uh crime board where you're trying to figure out who did what, and the guy like has his arms up and is uh, it's like a pretty good meme. Right. Yeah. The that's the the Charlie Day something because the actor's name is Charlie Day. Mm. Um. I forget what that meme's called. But anyways, so uh, where was I going with this? Yeah, so he came out and he announced that he's working on a TV show called, well, I guess it's a TV show. It's a TV show, a TV show called Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. And it's about him playing a creative director for a game studio that has been making this MMO for years, a la Blizzard with World of Warcraft. And he is, his name is like, it says it's, 
it's pronounced Ian Grimm, but it's spelled like Ian. And I think that's just a way for them to like make fun of those creatives that are like that. And hey. <laughs> he said that he was kind of laughing when he said that he was based it off of a lot of creative directors he met because some of them are assholes. And he paused oh. because he was like, there's a lot of creative directors behind the stage and I'm going to get my ass kicked after this. Oh and I was God. like, <laughs> I was like, okay. But I mean, it does take one to know one. So that's kind of why he's making it. And I didn't know he was a gamer because he was like, oh, I love video games. And this is my chance to, you know, do to make a, a show about video games right and do it the right way. And I was like, oh, that's that's awesome. That's really cool. And so I'm all for whatever he's going to make with this show. And I think it's only coming out on Apple TV, unfortunately. I see. Gotta but, love exclusives. Yes. And we'll talk about exclusives in a bit that make me mad. But anyways. Are we talking about the PC press conference exclusive by any chance? And that's what we're going to go into next, unless you have anything else to talk about at Ubisoft. All right. So, all right, folks, let's talk about Shenmue 3. So <laughs> that trailer came out. It looked great, by the way. Uh, I love the silhouette of the fight choreography scene between um, uh, Rio and the trainer, like with the with the sunset. Everything looked great. You saw a chase scene. Y'all know that was a QT. That was a quick time event chase scene too, because a goddamn child fell off of a ladder. Where what? Where were her parents? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and um of course Rio saved her like um they we all know that the in the trailer that the dialogue was a little bit cheesy but how is it Shenmue if it's not cheesy the only thing yeah. they fixed was the audio quality so it just sounds a lot better now but I, yeah I'm ready for the sailors I'm ready for everything and it comes out on November 19th 2019 on PS4 and PC Epic Games launcher Epic Games Store exclusive, and this has people in arms, and there's a reason why, a really good reason why, actually. It's because the people that kickstarted it, or backed it on Kickstarter, actually, were promised Steam keys, and this is mentioned multiple times throughout yeah. um, YSNet's Kickstarter campaign. There's documentation on it. There's specifically Steam key giveaways when you... Back to the game back in 2015, they said Steam, 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 Steam. And people are like ecstatic. Like, yes, I'm going to play this game on Steam because I love Steam and I, all my games are on Steam and I love it. Steam, 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 Steam. But now, yesterday, they were like, guess what, everyone? It's a Epic Game Store exclusive. And everyone's like, what the hell? Why would you do that? This is not what we wanted. We wanted it on Steam. And YSNet has officially, they've officially said to users on Kickstarter, we are sorry at this time, but no refunds will be issued. They're not. Wow, they said that? They did. Kickstarter. That's pretty disappointing. Kickstarter themselves are optioning not to intervene. People cannot get Steam keys. And it's like they just wasted their money. They just gave their money to nothing. And now I don't know if they're going to get the game at all. I don't know if YSNet will convert these Steam keys into Epic Game Store keys. But regardless, these people that backed it do not want Epic Game Store keys. They they backed it specifically to buy it on Steam because it was promised to them on Steam. Unfortunately, now because it's on the Epic Game Store, those users that want to play it on a PC console, not PC console, what am I saying? Those users that want to play it on PC will have to either play it on a Epic Game Store launcher or not play it at all. 
That's kind of, you know. That's, that's a shitty move. Yeah, I, I think it's a... It's a bad move to not allow refunds, that's for sure. It's not classy, Ugh. especially if in the writing you had it. I, I, I feel like, I hope people screenshotted that. I'm pretty sure you. that's grounds, hey, they probably have more money than you. But if you if you have it screenshotted, that will be useful for future reference. That's pretty messed up in my opinion. Um, I mean, like... I don't know what it is about Epic Games right now that they're just having everything as an exclusive all of a sudden. Pro- probably, pay, you know, pay a lot of money so that people go go to your launcher and whatever. But I still think that it's a little bit, it's a little bit rude to all the fans that supported you after all these years in kickstarting mode. I really agree with that because. Yeah. Why? How? I mean, okay, I know why. It's because money. Deep Silver is the publisher of this game. I mean, of uh, Shenmue Three. It's actually not Sega. A lot of people thought it was Sega, but it's Deep Silver. Deep Silver. I thought made... it was Koei Tecmo, actually. I know. Well, <laughs> there we go. I'm gonna clear yep. the air. It's Deep Silver. Deep Silver is like, yo, uh, YSNet. We actually can make more money because it, the Epic Game Store only takes away twelve percent, and Steam it's takes true. thirty. And Wisenet's like, all right, well, whatever we can get the most money. Again, back to what I said earlier during this whole conversation. This is about money. This is a business. People want to make the most money they can out of the thing and that Epic they created. And Epic Games paid them more. Epic That's Games still to it. they still got that Fortnite money. You know, they're still yep. on top, and they're gonna they're gonna keep dishing out until they run out of money. Yep, pretty much, pretty much. Um, I was reading online that actually what what YSNet did is illegal in the EU. So those that are in the EU have the option to take this to court, class action lawsuit, or otherwise noted, which is kind of cool. So the, I'll be following this news closely and seeing what comes out of it because I'm super Thank interested. You. I'm still going to buy the game, but on PS4, since both of my other first Shenmue games are on PS4, yeah. I feel like... A, like i made the right choice but regardless i think that i'm still gonna buy this game um i'm gonna play the second one this summer so yes don't support the sailors if they wronged you one more for the road we're gonna go find some sailors pour one out for the original sailors (laughs) i'm looking for some sailors pour one out (laughs) oh Uh, boy I know. Um, just a little bit of random hardware news, just because, you know, hey, it's related to gaming. Uh, AMD, Advanced Micro Devices, has a new um, card series, the RX uh, f- 5700, and um, delivers uh, in um, 1440p for gaming, esports, AAA, and VR. So if you're going to build a computer anytime soon, consider AMD. And also on top of that, AMD is bundling up some of its products um, this month and maybe this whole summer. But um, it's bundling up some of its uh, graphic cards and anything else with uh, the Xbox Game Pass. And as you all kind of know, the Xbox Game Pass is now opening for PC. So if you need something to add, then Xbox Game Pass is, is being bundled with some new stuff. So, yeah. AMD is a really good company for graphics cards. And there's only, let's put it this way, there's only two companies, AMD and NVIDIA. And, yep. Um, if I didn't do a lot of extensive creative work 
I would probably get an AMD because it's a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. But, you know, video editing and photo processing sometimes take some GPU out of you. And especially for video editing, I prefer using an NVIDIA card. And that's just... For sure, for sure. That, yeah, that's just the nature of the beast. Yep, to each their own. Exactly. I'm not saying that if you use AMD, you're wrong, or if you're using NVIDIA, you're wrong. I'm just saying if you if you have always used... If you've used what you've always used and it hasn't broken yet, keep using it. That's all. They're both pretty. They're both pretty solid, in my opinion. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. They, as long as they do the job well, then yes. Yes. That's all exactly. I ask. That's all I ask for my computer is to do what it's supposed to do, and then some. Sometimes. Yep. Uh. Okay. So, anything else PC gaming related? No. Nope. We move on. We're almost done, folks. Tuesday. All right, so on Tuesday, we had... No, wait, no. This is still Monday. We had uh, Square Enix. Oh, we forgot about Square Enix. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I thought you wanted to talk about Square Enix. <laughs> All right, so the Marvel Avengers came out. The trailer came out. So a few things is um, it's based in San Francisco, and there's going to be an Avengers West Coast headquarters coming out. Um, same situation as kind of like Civil War, and I feel like Avengers Two, where a city kind of get like the city kind of gets destroyed while they're trying to save it because some evil shit happens, and then everyone's like, "We hate the Avengers," and then of course the Avengers have to come back and save the world because everyone was wrong. Um, typical Avengers plot, except for the most glaring detail out of this whole entire trailer. Um, so you have Captain America, you have Iron Man, you have uh. You have a Black Widow, you have Thor, and you have the Incredible Hulk. And that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's all they showed in the trailer of the yep. Avengers. That there's no other there's no other Avenger like potential like, you know like not to say Jeremy Renner or anything, but there's no other Avenger that there could have possibly been that was forgotten about in this game. I don't know how to explain this. It looks cool, but I'm not completely sold yet. And even after seeing the official or the official announcement teaser, which was like just showing Cap's shield and Thor's hammer, you know, in a, in like a cutscene perspective, I'm just not really into it. Like I really like the MCU and I like Marvel as a company, but right now I'm just like, yeah, it's it looks like an Avengers game unless there's something really cool that really stands out to me that I'll end up talking about on the podcast. Right now, I'm just like, eh, it looks okay. They haven't really shown any official gameplay. It was They showed some scenes that looked like it was gameplay, but it's not word. There's no official word yet if that's gameplay. Most of it was just CGI, cinematic tra- trailer stuff. So, uh, yeah, I really don't have anything else to say about it. Yep. Um, it comes out on May 15th. I think the biggest issue is that this game should have come out before Endgame came out because I think Endgame was a good ending for a lot of people, including myself. Like, if this game came out, like, three years before or two years before, it would have been more popular, I think, and yeah, more playable. Yeah, yeah. Now it's just kind of like, yeah, but, like, and I saw the Avengers Endgame and, you know, not to mention, like, you only got five Avengers there, <laughs> so right. I don't know what else you want. <laughs> They did say that they're going to announce more characters and mm-hmm. levels or something. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means. They said it's going to be free, so that's good. Um, The Final Fantasy VII Remake is officially announced for March 3rd, 2020. And I'm just kind of surprised because it's a lot 
sooner than I was expecting. Is that date true? Hey, we don't know yet. Because <laughs> we don't know yet. But I'm holding it to them for now. It's going to be disc one. I believe that there's going to be one disc or there's going to be three episodes for every disc that exists, which means that there's going to be three episodes. Yeah. Um, so they showed more characters. So they showed the Apple, the active battle system, which is fine. It's cool. And also, um, what I, what was, what I saw was, uh, they showed some materia in the trailer, which has me believe that we might be still sticking to the material level up map uh, for magic, which I think is pretty cool because I think mater- the materia map was one of the best um, was one of the best ways to level up in a Final Fantasy game. It's very simple and easy to understand. So, um, someone um, so they gave Cloud a materia, so I think it's leading up to that. Um, for anyone who has played Final Fantasy VII, and I, this is where I don't remember at all but a very significant part of the trailer that is definitely different is that tifa and eris or Aerith, who are the two love interests so to speak of cloud are actually you can actually fight with both of them on your party and i think that uh, like in terms of final fantasy 7 lore that is a that's that is pretty um that's pretty up there just because like they have such defined fandoms of Cloud should have ended up with Aerith and oh like Tifa got shafted but then now you got both of them you can actually play with both of them on your party and I don't know what that leads to story-wise but like I don't know how much of it's a hundred percent to the remake the fact that they're fighting together means that there's got to be some added stuff as well yeah, that's going to be pretty dope. Yeah. So, that that was pretty interesting to me because they're both of their fandoms are very strong. <laughs> and I guess now you got to unite over this new remake. So, there you have it. <laughs> very passionate people. Very passionate people. Um, uh, it's still episodic, which is kind of weird. Um I'm just waiting to see how much the price is. Um, they also talked about, oh, no, wait, no, never mind. I'm thinking of something else. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about Square Enix's conference. So, um, to go into Square Enix and do a Nintendo combo now, I am shocked that they announced a Final Fantasy VIII remaster for Switch. Oh, yeah? And it was funny because we all thought that they forgot about Eight for a while because they did. Let's face it, they did. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that they got backlash. And now there's an 8 remaster. Shout out to Squall and Renoa and the Final 8 crew. Um, it's a pretty, a pretty underrated game, except for the battle system. It's really stupid. Um, but yeah, the remaster is going to be available on Switch. I'm reminded by how creep... Definitely Final Fantasy Eight has the creepiest um, OST. Like, it had their... OST in the beginning of the trailer. I'm like, oh yeah, this game really did do that. So yeah, that's that's super cool. The music for it, that yeah. game is pretty dope. Yeah, it did do. So yeah. it did. It did do. I saw the trailer for the Breath of the Wild nice. sequel. I have no context to it because I've never played Breath of the Wild, but 
The art style is still very impressive to me. I really enjoy it, as well as the music buildup to just the reveal of the corpse cracking, which I which I'm told by the internet is Ga Ganon Ganon Ganon. Yeah, you know, Ganon. you it the first time. Okay, cool. So, so today, I don't want to upset anyone. So no worries. So today uh, is the um, today was the Nintendo Direct for E3. Today's we're recording this on a Tuesday, the Tuesday that the Nintendo Direct came out. Uh, they talked about a lot of things, and yes, the thing that they showed at the very end was the Breath of the Wild teaser for the sequel game. Um, and Ganon's body was there, and the castle started rising. I haven't finished the game yet, but I know a general gist of the whole storyline. I actually don't even own the game. I only played it because Jairus brought it over one time, and I played it for like three hours. Um, I'm still going to buy the game. I'm thinking about buying it this year. There's a lot of games on my list that I'm going to buy this year. Some new and some old. Uh, and I'm super interested in the sequel. I don't know if the sequel will look ultimately like Breath of the Wild, but I'm getting a strong hint it will because... It, I don't tra- see why not, though. Yeah, the, the trailer showed the same engine, and I feel yeah. like the engine they used to make Breath of the Wild is one that they're going to continue building off of, similar into the vein of that of Halo Infinite. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. There's no details other than what were shown, yeah. and I know a lot of people went crazy when that happened. Ao Numa himself told IGN that. The sequel will be a little bit darker, and it's not going to be connected to Majora's Mask, but it will be darker than Majora's Mask. For sure. Which is pretty cool. Um, And, yeah, so Luigi's Mansion 3 got a little bit more screen time. They had eight-player co-op. Um, that some looked battle- pretty cute. I got to admit, the trailer was pretty adorable. Oh, yeah. I, I'm a huge fan of the whole series. The first one is still my favorite game. Uh, of the whole series, and I think that this—I th- I thought that the second game would fall in the same vein, but the second game is a bit more linear. The first one had a little, had more of an open world feel to it, and I really liked that. The second one is a little bit more linear, and there's a lot more nuanced goals that you have to take care of. Uh, the third one looks like it's in the same art style as the second one, and kind of in the same vein. So we'll see how that plays out. I I really wish they just made the first one for the switch or just like ported it to the switch but hey probably gonna happen i mean we're probably gonna get more gamecube titles on the switch in the near future but yeah i i believe it they're pretty they're putting everything on switch so yeah i I wouldn't be surprised uh and something that made me laugh was the you can play co-op in this game and the co-op variant of luigi is called guigi and huh. that that doesn't sit well with me because it just sounds like a sexual innuendo and it's disgusting. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only one that thought that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that was that was cool. Um, before that, they showed a Super Smash Brothers character reveal, which was the hero from Dragon Quest, but not just the one from the most recent Dragon Quest that they're porting to Switch, but also previous dragon quest heroes which i thought was pretty awesome all have, of them all of all the heroes i have not played a dragon quest game before but that was pr- a pretty badass trailer and banjo kazooie and banjo kazooie which i was so fucking hyped for banjo fucking kazooie is gonna be in the game finally 
I called it out not on this podcast, but a while ago. I was like, that'd be so cool if they put Banjo in the game. That'd be so cool hey. if they put Banjo. And then Microsoft's like, we could play well with Nintendo because Nintendo is our friend. And then lo and behold, Rare, which is owned by Microsoft, had leased their character to Nintendo to put in a Super Smash Brothers game. Yep. It's refreshing to finally see the bear and the bird back on a Nintendo console because that's where they started. And I love that this is the, the most recent look we're getting at them. We're not getting that nuts and bolts collar bullshit. I don't like that. They look like squares. In this version, we got we got the rounded face banjo. We got everyone's got curves and nice looking fur. We got a new map, Spiral Mountain. We got the music from the games. Ah, oh, I'm so excited. I am so excited for this character DLC. Um, this has convinced me to buy the uh, Fighters Pass. Whenever. Oh, whenever, okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna buy it now because obviously Banjo's not out yet, but. Um, I want to buy the whole pass because I just want all the characters. I just want to hey, complete. Why not? Yeah, I want to complete Super Smash Brothers experience. Yep. Um, and so that was so cool. Um, Animal Crossing: New Horizons is the name of the new Animal Crossing game. Got that? I'm so happy that they announced it. Um, they unfortunately pushed the release date to March 2020. Makes me sad, but yeah, they pushed it out quite a bit. Yeah, this is unfortunate, but inevitable, and I'm okay with it because I'd rather have them take the time to finish the game and make it to its perfected edition rather than releasing a broken game. Nintendo yes. is not known for releasing broken games, but, you know, I don't want them to start that trend. Oh, God, no. So the game is uh, taking place on a deserted island, which is different from predecessors. Uh, where you start out in a predetermined town. But in this game, you get to create the town. Other people, other villagers will start appearing, I assume, once you start you know, making the island more into your home. Um, you, you can use a stick to cross the river, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, you can craft uh, a holdover from Pocket Camp. A lot of people were not fans of the crafting mechanic in Pocket Camp. I have not played Pocket Camp to the point where I would start crafting items, but I do think it's a cool thing because, you know, there was a point when Minecraft was the biggest game in the world and everyone wanted to put crafting in their video games. Now that Animal Crossing has it officially on a mainline title, I mean, I, I feel like that's just the nature of the beast and that's kind of where they were going to go eventually since there's other games like Stardew Valley that allow you to do this mechanic and it's about time that Animal Crossing did this as well. Yeah. So I'm super looking forward to next year when Animal Crossing comes out. I know my brother is also super excited for it because his whole thing was he was going to buy a Switch just for that game. I told him that they're pushing it back. He's like, ah, okay, I guess I'll wait. At least you can save money, so. Yeah, very true. Very, yeah. very true. Um, We got more gameplay from The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, the the remake that's coming onto the Switch. Uh, It looks like a toy box. Again, this is a really cool style that I think Nintendo... Uh, is has taken a gamble on, and I think it's working out. A lot of people are excited for it. They added uh, custom dungeons where if you complete a dungeon, you can go to this guy, and then you can like arrange the the rooms in the way that you want it to be, which yeah. I thought was super awesome. Um, then we got the Witcher Three Wild Hunt Complete Edition I being released on one. Switch. That's yep. pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Um, some more CD Projekt Red love coming to the Switch. Super Mario Maker Two as yep. well. That's a, that was a huge thing prior to and during the event that's still going on. I think I think a lot of people are playing it at, at E3, which is mm -hmm. so cool. And they all have good things to say about it. 
Uh, we got Resident Evil 5 and 6 coming to the Switch. Very cool. There was a weird trailer that they showed where there was this this couple broke into this old haunted house and started playing Switch in the house. They were playing Resident Evil in this like deserted house. It was, it was kind of weird. Um, but yeah, so we got Resident Evil 5 and 6 announced. Uh, no More Heroes 3, but, which is a con- sequel to, of course, No More Heroes. Uh, it's, it's a game that stars Travis Touchdown, created by this guy named Suda51. The reason why he's named Suda51 is because uh, his last name is Goichi, which in Japanese means five and one. So I guess he just went by Suda51 because, you know what? Why not? Make yourself stand out and have a cool name. Um, yeah. So that looks cool. I haven't played any No More Hero games, but I am looking forward to this one. Looks pretty dope. Yeah, I haven't, the... I haven't played any as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all good. And finally, we have Mario and Sonic at the Tokyo Olympic Games 2020. Hey. There's like an 8-bit mode that was teased. Don't know what that's about. Looked cool. But... Did they, did they talk about Metroid Prime? Just because I saw a few comments Metro about it on the Discord. Did they talk about Metroid Prime? I don't remember seeing anything during the uh, direct about Metroid. Okay. Well, they probably didn't then. Yeah, they probably. I just saw that a few people were talking about it on the Discord, but maybe it was asked. It was about if they did talk. I don't know. Right. No. N- Nintendo has outright stated that if they have nothing to talk about for a game, they won't talk about it at an event. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. like their direct was short and sweet. Yeah, they they only talk about things that are coming out soon, not things that that are that are coming out in the future. I feel like Metroid Prime Prime Four was kind of an exception yes. because. They just wanted people to get hyped about it. I mean, still waiting on F-Zero. Come on, Nintendo. F-Zero and Star Fox. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh... We made it. Yeah, that's it for Nintendo. And I guess that's all the news we have to talk about for the, uh... Press conferences. Yeah, the E3 stuff. Um, Some non-E3 stuff I just want to lightly touch on is, uh... Destroy All Humans is getting a remake, which is pretty cool. And for those that don't know, it's a game that was released in 2005 where you play as an alien that invades earth and you have to like collect cows and it was on the ps2 on xbox oh, I and the trailer yeah it's THQ it's during Nordic? the fifth yeah that's right that's right um so super looking forward to that coming out in 2020 yes i haven't played the game before but i will play it once it comes out on the ps4 um, and the last thing I want to talk about really quickly is that the, at GameStop isn't doing so well. Their stock dropped 40% last weekend. Um, man, as we talked about in previous podcasts, it's looking more and more like this is the end of GameStop. I thought we already, I, I thought their stock was already dropped. Or I feel like we talked about this already. It dropped more. Oh, I see. I see for sure. And people are worried, obviously. Uh, consumers are worried. Because where are you going to buy your games after GameStop closes? Best Buy? Target? GameStop is like, or was exclusively video games. And now it's just like, wow, we're we're losing another leg. It's going to have the same fate as Blockbuster. Man, that's going to suck. See, right now GameStop is like experiencing a slow death and that really sucks. Yeah. I mean, they've been looking to get bought for a while. Hopefully they get bought soon or something. I don't know. Someone has to clear the debt if they get bought though. Because yeah. GameStop has a lot of debt. Anything else that we're missing from E3, Alisa? Nope, because at this point, it's um, 
anything else that we're missing is happening on the floor as um as fans and consumers are coming into the conference now so if there's any exciting booths we'll talk about it in another episode or so so but that's it for news that's it for all the fun stuff i do think that um we were questioning the validity the not the validity per se but just does E3 still have a leg to stand on in terms of being a convention to announce new games? And I think it's proven that, yeah, why, you know, or I think it's proven, why not? Why not? You're going to have consumers and fans and business people come around. You're still going to announce some games. You're still going to dedicate some of the conference for networking with businesses versus fans visiting. I say, yeah, I mean, like, I, that, it, it seemed pretty hyped to me. Why not? Yeah. Why not? There's there's a lot of internal struggle brewing within the E3. How do I call it? Like, there's a there's a company that hosts E3, and um, they're they're they went through some changes last year because the CEO was apparently really hard to work with, and they 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 took him out of the position and replaced it with someone else. And, you know, the, the company called entertainment software association, ESA, they had some internal infighting that was happening prior to, and during the conference. Um, I guess it's one of the reasons why Sony backed out is because the, there are some standards that the ESA had to set up and, and Sony didn't want to play by those rules. Also, Sony felt like they had a better presence having their own little thing that was happening um, outside of the whole E3 thing that happens earlier in the year. And actually one of the reasons why Sony uh, has their conference happening earlier in the year is because, uh, you know, end of fiscal year, they want to close out. So they want to show things that will come out in the holidays. Which makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. I do think that one thing that E3 and a lot of gaming conventions do bring is just synergy of the gaming community and fans together uh, and businesses and fans together. Uh, One thing that Sony does by backing out is just showing that it's not willing to be part of a community, even if they have no news to announce or whatever. It shows that they're... They're like, I we're in our own lane, peace. Yeah. And you have all of these other companies that are like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's pull one out. So yep. it's a it's a great place to advertise. It's a great place to showcase your games, but most of all, it's showing all video games under one roof. But yeah, yeah. I th- I think that I hope that all the fans have a good rest of the E3. Yeah, if you're there at E3, awesome. That's so cool. I wish yep. I could join. Uh, enjoy the floor. Enjoy all the games. Enjoy yeah. the Nintendo area because I heard that there's a lot of cool stuff there. You can get your hands on first look. Uh, yeah, that's all. That's all I gotta say. Um, anything else before I go into some housekeeping stuff? Nope, that's it. All right. If you would like to submit a question or comment. Go to www.downtime.live, click on our contact form, fill it out, 
Send us a question or comment and we'll read it on the podcast. You can also send us a question or comment the old-fashioned way by going to w or sorry, by emailing us directly at contact at downtime.live. Yes. You can also on our website, you can click on the left-hand sign that that says uh, community, where it says join our community, click on the word community. That'll give you a link to join our Discord, where you can talk to us about games, everything games, anything that's not gaming related. Stuff like that. And um, if you want to leave us a review on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts and iTunes, you can do so. Uh, right now, we we only have five-star reviews, right? Yeah. Which is awesome. Thank you guys for submitting those reviews. Thank you. Uh, if you want to leave us a comment on YouTube, we'll read it on the podcast or on Podbee. Basically, wherever you can leave us a comment on, we will see it and we will read it. You can direct us. You can directly contact us on Discord, which is a lot faster because we tend to respond a little bit quicker there. So you can get some, get some, uh, you know, real time responses. If we feel like they will be answered on the podcast, we most likely won't answer it there. But you can leave us questions and they question specific chat within our Discord, which I think is uh, a really handy way for people to just get their questions and, and for us to read them on the podcast. Yes. Uh, anything else, Elisa? Nope. That's it. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our E3 edition of Downtime Podcast. We'll have some fun stuff coming up now that the video game E3 season is over. Um, talk to you next week. Peace.